Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of The Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Dun, dun, dun. New book. New book. New book, oh, same people. Oh, man. Well, I mean, mostly. It's not the same people that went into the last book, but new book. Oh Yeah. Dang, man. <laughs> Why you gotta make it sad? Same people. Not well, same yes. PCs. Not, yes, not same character. Well, I mean, Hollis was at the end of the last book and technically kind of went into the beginning of that book, as did on yours. Oh, yeah. so. New faces, but same great content. Welcome back to the continuation of The Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Episode 119, which the numbers add up to 11, which speaks well for how crazy this book's going to get. We're cranking it to 11, is that what you're saying? At least, the, at least in my weird way of manipulating numbers to make it make that, yes. Hmm. This game is nothing but manipulating numbers. It's true. It's true. Yeah, so when last we left our heroes, the doorkeepers of the Duat had found themselves... I said Duat, kind of funny there. The doorkeepers (laughs) of the Duat had found themselves at the Merchant's Oasis as they spent just shy of three weeks recuperating from their their time in the desert thus far. And crafting magical gear and training with giants. Whole training montage went on in the background. Citra doing like art caricatures that you get like down at the a pier or fair for the little children and the uh, <laughs> the camp and Hollis pouring over books and ripping her own hair out and her inability to figure out this ritual. Mm-hmm. That's why she wears the hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's just got one big bald spot from all the ripping. Wow. Stress. Stress. Up. <laughs> Do a little comb over. Ew. I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a magic spell to fix that. Hundred percent. The party having spent some time there, had finally got all their gear together, had learned that there was a, uh, a section of the desert in the northern parts dunes, that the, uh, the whole of the Yabira, the, uh, the tribes people that live out here in the parched dunes, avoid. And some time back that the, the Beckon had been approached by a group of Serenites who had marched into the desert on a holy pilgrimage and you believe a holy quest, uh, a crusade if you will, to find this this site that you're now seeking and purge it from evil. Or at the very least, you're extrapolating that between the information you gained from the sages, the elders here at the Beckon, as well as the very convoluted information that Tedasura gave you. Mm-hmm. That beyond the, uh, the restricted area, the no-fly zone that's out there in the desert, there's also a abandoned temple of Serenre that these crusaders had marched to. I but believe that was none your of next... them returned, correct? No one returned. So, I mean, maybe they all just lived happily ever after. Sure. I'm sure to find fine. another basilisk infested ruin. <laughs> yeah, we've already been there and done that. <laughs> we, we, got the, we got the extra party member to show. No, he left. <laughs> I know he left, but we had him temporarily. From my knowledge of the works of Amber E. Scott, I'm sure that she's not going to tread over old ground. So, as this is an Amber E. Scott book, very much looking forward Ooh, to this. Ooh, fun. True. So, as we begin... After a long, deep, complicated discourse over whether or not to bring a wagon, the party had packed up all of their gear and set off into the desert. I believe uh, Sudi and Hollis atop a phantom chariot. Yeah. And then Masika and Citra are both uh, on their individual camels. I assume so. And then Masika had cast a spell to allow those individual camels to also travel Overland, ignoring the effects of the, the. Yep, to keep up with the chariot, 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 chariot. 
<laughs> the carrot, yes, to keep up with the carrot. <laughs> That's how you urge them on. Yeah. <laughs> phantom steeds need phantom carrots. Yes, it's just Sudi in the front seat with a little fishing pole with a carrot dangling in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids where they, you know, dangle the food for the ant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hollis did make those horses just giant bunnies. Okay, she can there kind you of go. make them whatever she wants them to be. So I guess giant bunnies chasing a carrot's hilarious. Um, except <laughs> the, the way that bunnies move would be very jostling. Yeah, whatever. Imagine Sudi's like, thank you, thank goodness, like, this is magically gluing me to this chariot as I'm being jerked and jostled like all deer. over the place. Let's they're more like, like little corgi, like giant corgis, you know, because they, they have a low center of gravity and they just kind of zoom. <laughs> Okay. I didn't know corgis right. liked carrots. Moving on. I like the corgi option also because it makes me think of Falto. Because corgis? Well, he's Talden, isn't he? I mean, I guess. I mean, ethnically speaking, he's yeah. been to Taldor also, but... Yeah. Anyway. He's actually born in Absalom. He's Absalonian. I'm not positive if that's the proper term for it, but it sounds right. Sounds cool. Mm. And speaking of Falto, they were on their way to the Black Fane, where I'm sure nothing bad will happen to them at all. Hey, to we cleared fair. that out. To be fair... <laughs> I'm going to totally meta for a second here. That genie's after Sudi. It doesn't care about them. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. fine. They get there and everything is already dead. I like that you say it. We cleared them out. And it's, if I first thought is, you did. But it has been a week or two. It's, it's, it's prime real estate in the desert. We got rid of a thousand catfolk skeletons for them. So he gets there and it's just nothing but like 800 pugwampies. They've just made a whole it's, it's, all city. Scor- it's all the scorpion <laughs> centaurs. You might as well leave if there's a th- hundred pugwampies. Yeah. Let's just leave. I need you to roll this dice 100 times and take the lowest. <laughs> oh, jeez. Statistically, one of those is a nat one. Can so I just, just stop, stop when you get a nat yeah. one. <laughs> Before anyone writes in, I don't think pugwampi penalties stack, but yeah. it would be awesome. It would be funny if they did. So as we begin, the doorkeepers make their way across the parched dunes, the northern expanse of the parched dunes, across these blasted hills, the the sand-strewn dunes, ascending and descending across the dunes as they make their way north and west, deeper into the desert. The days are long. Uh, I believe, what, what month are we in now, Heather? Because I believe summer has come in full. Am oh, boy. Do I need to resist energy, all of us? Or endure elements? I mean, I have that, too. I mean, Masika casts Endure Elements on herself every morning because I have it and I have it memorized. And Narmer's immune. It's even hotter. Anyway, I can cast some sort of spell to make us not as hot, whichever one makes the most sense. Mechanically speaking, as you set off into the desert, by the point that the sun has risen in full, so more or less during the the morning as well as uh, once it's... During the morning, it gets up to about 90 degrees. It's up to about 110 by midday. So it's like Arizona. Yes. And then it drops back down to 90 degrees during the latter part of the day. And then, so uh, how many Endure Element spells are the party casting? How many people well, are under the effects can, of Endure Elements? I am. Masika casts one on herself every day. And it, with her caster level, it lasts plenty of time. It lasts plenty. I have communal Endure Elements. Oh, sweet. Uh, it's 24 hours, but... Uh, you divide the duration in one hour increments um, but I can cast it a couple of different times because it's only a second level spell and we'd only need it for the hot part so like just during the daytime so like eight hours each well you don't have to figure Masika into that it's just Hollis I can cast it twice and cover everybody 
Well, you're you're also yeah. You it would require two castings to cover everyone because keep in mind that uh, you're also approaching the summer solstice, which means that right now it's something like 14, 15 hours of daylight, and then only like nine or ten hours of nighttime. You should have come here during the winter. Well, I do have a tiny hut. Anyway, okay, I can get casted <laughs> twice regardless, so that's what's happening. Okay. So, so Masika's covering herself, and then Hollis is casting Endure Elements twice, and Sugar, I suppose, is just suffering. Narmer's off on his own. No Endure he's Elements. He's fine. He doesn't well, need it. He, he, he doesn't will burn need you it. if you touch him. <laughs> I was going to say, he's slightly expanding. Are the camels okay? I know that some camels, camels are good in the heat, but I don't know what kind of heat. Your camels are fine as long as you are not, uh, as long as you break for the middle of the day. Okay. So in okay. essence, as long as you wake up early, travel with the dawn, and then stop and siesta Which, for as the as Masika has lived out here her whole life, she would be like, yeah, this is what we do, guys. <laughs> I like to think that Hollis's Endure Elements is a lot like uh, she rubs magical sunscreen on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Hollis's Endure Elements was she just summons more cowboy hats for everybody. Oh, that sounds like great. Both. <laughs> Both. Everybody now has a little magical sunscreen and a little magical cowboy hat. I mean, I understand the hat, but why do we need these weird shoes? <laughs> yeah, cowboy you got a little on tiny too. one for uh, sugar. Yes, anyway. sugar. Oh, oh my gosh, you know sure. Narmer wants one. Oh, I'm gonna have to have. I might have an hour or two extra if he wants to have a hat. For an hour or two. So I'll he's just got put his it on little, top of my other hat. I was gonna say he's got his pharaonic headdress <laughs> and then a cowboy hat. Yeah, he is always wearing his pharaonic headdress now because it's magic. It gives me perception. <laughs> yeah, it does. Excellent. And also, it makes me slightly smarter, so I can carry on more intelligent conversations one-sidedly with sugar. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta learn um, speak with animals, and then you can talk to sugar all you want. I gotta learn chicken. Yeah. So the party sets off. You travel making your way north and west across the desert. Two days pass as you make very good time trekking across the desert, making your way further and further along across the open expanse. The first day passes uneventfully. The desert for some time after you set off gives way to, in essence, just baked flatlands for a time. A stretch of it that seems to separate the portion of the the desert surrounding the merchant's oasis, the thick sand, and the larger dunes, sometimes stretching up to a hundred feet, seemingly in height, as you have to climb up these. Oftentimes, instead of ascending and descending, instead taking the circuitous route of following along the top ridges of the dunes, circling around to make your way further and further, still staying in a mostly northwesterly direction. Eventually you stop, make camp, rest up for the evening. The sun setting in the distant horizon, the stars coming out. Occasionally you hear the distant sound of animals, but nothing comes to to bother you to interfere with your rest. The following morning you awaken, dig your tents out because the sand has shifted enough during the night that while you're not buried, it crawls up along the edges of the uh, the windward sides of your tents and leaves each of your tents partially buried in the desert. You dig yourselves out, pack up all of your gear. You have sand everywhere. Mount and continue to make your way. After another day's travel, you find yourselves now in the heart of the desert. Also in the evening, Hollis casts Tiny Hut, which uh, takes the temperature inside to like a normal, nice, cool thingy. So if you want to come hang out in her tiny hut, you totally can. 72 degrees exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
So refreshing. Actually, I'd consider that warm still. But. I know. I live with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't understand. Like, sometimes the, the Nest thermostat, I think he screws with me during the day because it's connected to his phone. And I think he, like, puts it down to 67 just to see if I'll notice. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, Stop. but I suspect. So. You notice he's not denying it. No. The day goes on. Eventually, you believe you're starting to get close to where you need to be. Again, you do not know exact destinations. Uh, because of your current movement speed with the camels, you can spend a day searching the area surrounding you. Uh, so you know that you're somewhere now in the vicinity of your destination. Then I guess we would start searching. Yep. I mean, that's what we got to do. Yep. Okay. So you arrive camp for that evening. What is your watch order? Um, Sudi, Sudi. Somebody else for two hours, Sudi. <laughs> Narmer has max perception now, and he doesn't have to sleep. Hollis still has zero, so you probably don't want it to be her. So, Sudi and Narmer, Sudi and Narmer, Narmer solo, going solo, Sudi and Narmer. What? Yeah. <laughs> Do we want Narmer by himself? Because I was going to say, you could have Citra wake up for two hours and take a watch. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I have the second best in the party. That's fine. That way, if, if Narmer gets distracted best perception, I assumed yours was the best. No, Sudi's got me beat. Really? Yeah. Wisdom. He's got, got wisdom. That wisdom. That's true. Yeah. He got his eye thing figured out. Yeah. Now that I'm not taking that minus four penalty, I'm I'm very good at perceiving. Hollis could cover you in eyes if you want her to. No. <laughs> it's so creepy. I love it. Also, the duration of that isn't long enough for like eight hours of watches. Side note, horrifying thing. There's another spell that that I think it's a primal spell in second edition where you just make a person grow weird at like extra arms and hands and eyes to freak them out and cause them damage. And then it goes away. <laughs> it's an attack spell. Okay. That's that's awful. Some weird anime stuff. Okay. Sudi, the evening comes on. Your party settles into sleep. Go ahead and give me a perception roll. I always hate oh, when man. you do it in that tone. Does Narmer get to roll too? He's on watch. Sure. Narmer can roll yeah. too. All right. I roll an eight for a 26. Okay. Narmer rolls a six, which gets him a 20. Hey. So, Sudi, you settle in. The fire crackling nearby. The strange, opaque spheroid sitting in the sand, marking where your companions are sleeping. Very distantly... You hear a howl. You think it's oh. coming somewhere south. Very good, Jessica. <laughs> somewhere south and maybe west from where you are. Can I, like, tell that if it's, like, a wolf or a knoll or a... You can make a knowledge nature if you have it. Most likely a jackal this far out in the desert. Um, so never mind. Wake I don't have sugar. any knowledge nature. I've never heard of this thing in my life. This is a totally unique and uh, unknown You creature. can go ahead and make a knowledge nature check. Undrained. Okay. Because it could be something very basic. Well, I hope it's super basic because I roll a nine and get a nine. Did Narmer hear it? Because he uses Mystica's ranks for that. Uh, Narmer can roll it also. Yay, Narmer. Wait, Shooty, I think I hear something. Although he might make something up. That sounds crazier than it is. I think it's a jackalope. <laughs> half jack, American half antelope. Jackalope. <laughs> Also, aren't jackalopes actual things in Pathfinder? So, like, yes. that's so. a legit thing. That's what I could make the horse things. Narmer rolls a 15, which gets him a 25. They bound, 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 and rebound. Oh, sorry. I didn't add in his headband. That gets him a 26. So, Narmer waits for a moment. The howl doesn't come again. Looks up at Sudi. 
intently. Gestures for him to lean down. Sooty leans down. Shooty, that is the sound of no animal dishwater ever seen. Then what is it? What other knowledges do I have? <laughs> <laughs> he stares off into space as there's a ticking sound. Like a he hard has, drive working really hard. <laughs> he has engineering, nature, and religion. Go ahead and bounce me a knowledge religion. Uh-oh. Oh, I have that. An armor rolls a 17, which gets him a 19. I have no idea. <laughs> Wait, so you know that it's not of this world, but you don't know what it is? I mean, it doesn't sound like any animal I know of. It's definitely, it's definitely not a hyena. It's definitely not a jackal. It's kind of funny how I say jackal. <laughs> is it a wolf? I don't think it's, I don't think it's a wolf or, or a wild dog. It could be a really sick lion. <laughs> but no, I don't think it's anything of this world. Well, I guess if we don't know what it is, we'll keep an eye out for anything weird and not of this world. <laughs> I could fly over and investigate. No. Actually, she that's not, not a wait idea. to tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad idea as long as it doesn't fly as well, right? Yeah, I think it's probably only maybe 12 or 13 miles away. <laughs> Wait, what? We heard it from 13 miles away. That's a long way. Uh, relatively speaking. I mean, the, the average wolf howl can be heard from a distance of 10 miles. I do I do know enough about nature to tell you that. I mean, you can go check it out, but if you're not back in an hour, I'm waking up the camp and we're coming after you. I really appreciate how little you care about Mashika's clash abilities. Uh, he turns and flies off in the air. It's more than I trust <laughs> Narmer oh to be God. sneaky. I trust Narmer to be sneaky and stealthy. Dun, when Masika finds dun, out dun, about this, Narmer's not on dun, watch anymore. Dun, 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 <laughs> oh gosh, if this was a prank, dun, dun, it'd be a heck of a prank, man. Oh, so, first off, have Narmer roll me a stealth check. Oh god. God. Stealthy As stealthy. he soars up into the sky. He's stealthy, right? It's dark outside. He should He's get some super bonuses. Stealth. But it's, it's dark enough that he can use the dark as concealment. And Narmer <laughs> rolls a 17 and gets a 30, or gets a 40 on his self-check. Wow! <laughs> See, this is why I'm like, I'm not that worried because he's super stealthy. It's like a stealth This is part of the establishment of this character. Also, Masika is always like, Narmer could go scout, so it's not that unheard That's of. That's true. Not That's 14 true. 14 miles away. <laughs> like, around the corner. Uh, what's distance? Like time, it's meaningless. What is Narmer's fly speed? Uh... 50 feet per round, he's got perfect fly. So 50 feet per round is approximately five miles per hour. He can quadruple move indefinitely at a speed of 20 miles per hour. <laughs> Good gracious. But again, he never tires. So as long as he's flying I like in a straight that he's line. flying, but he's only flying at like moped speeds. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a falcon. <laughs> He's a giant flying catfish. What do you want from him? Uh, go ahead and have Narmer make me a perception roll. My dice are liking Narmer. He rolls a perfect See, 20. he's fine. You're worrying about him for nothing. What is he? 35. Okay. Now have him roll. Building up a lot of mystique to this whole thing. Oh, my God. Now have him roll a knowledge local. He doesn't have that. Okay. <laughs> Oh, great. great. <laughs> Take a mental picture and come back. Draw it in the sand. <laughs> With his flipper. Uh-huh. What is Narmer's alignment? He is neutral good because that's Masika's alignment. Okay. 
Have him roll a survival check. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Uh, this is getting worrisome. <laughs> All right. He rolls a 17, which gets him a 28. Correct me if I'm wrong. He can lie to Masika on Masika's sense of emotions, right? Yes. He has to make a bluff check, which he will succeed at because Masika doesn't have a very good sense motive. Okay. So taking 10 on a bluff check, what does he get? 22. Oh, he's lying. Okay. So I'm just going to assume that Masika doesn't sense his curiosity. Oh, oh, no. Ooh. Yeah, because Masika's asleep, so taking 10 on a, a sense motive check, she'd only get a 17. So yeah. I'm sure it's not enough to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and him being curious isn't that weird. <laughs> That's Turf. fair. He's curious about rocks, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> this rock looks like a turtle. I mean, that's cool. So, Sudi, you sit on watch. Oh, God. About two hours passes. <laughs> what? Hey, no, no, no. I said after an hour, I'm going out to get him. Well... Narmer would have been able to tell you it would have taken him more than an hour to get out there once we figured out his flight speed. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not back in two hours, I'm coming after you. <laughs> Sudi, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Uh-oh. Oh, God. What does Narmer get taking 10 on stealth? Uh, I roll a 10 for a 28 perception. He gets a 33 taking 10. So, Sudi, you sit there, stare off in the distance. The night's been long, quiet. Your ears keenly listening for the distant sound of another howl. I'm sure part of your brain probably thinking about waking up in a situation or tends to be the responsible one. <laughs> it's time to summon the adult. And then inches away. Shooty. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shooty. What did you find? Show. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, Lord. Here it comes. There's a camp, okay, and there's a, there's a tent, and it looks like something ripped the tent apart from the inside, and there was some stuff in there, and there's a journal. Did you take I the took journal? It. Okay, I thought so. I thought that might happen. I saw where this was going. There were some footsteps outside of the uh, the tent, like a barefoot person Werewolf. came out of the tent, and then they disappeared. Not like blown away by the wind, but like he was walking and then he wasn't anymore. Like maybe a giant falcon swooped down and scooped him up. Okay. Well, hand over that journal and let's see what's in it. Okay. I'm really enjoying this time we have together. He hands over the journal. (laughs) Sudi like gets over by the fire, I guess, and like opens up the journal. Sudi. What? Can I sit in your lap like a kid that could read me a bedtime story? If you want to, yes. Okay, good. That way we can both read at the same time. <laughs> it was either that or you were going to be on my back, so yeah. Yep. He opens up his chest cavity thing to blast light all, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> all right, in the green glow of Narmer's radiation, what do I read? And do the papers catch on fire? Reading through this, you can tell that this is a, this is one part journal, one part logbook. You can see that there's there's journal entries in here, more along the lines of traveling to this place, met up with this person, traveling back to here, purchased X amount of spice, sold X amount of hides, etc., etc. It seems kind of like a merchant's ledger combined with just anecdotes or notes. Most of it is rather boring. You can tell that it is written by a man named Ertu. He seems to be traveling with his wife, two children, uh, as well as his parents. It sounds like they're 
they're hunters and reading this the the script doesn't match directly up to the Assyriani you're used to there are a few words in here you're not familiar that Narmer can translate for you as it seems to be more of the the dialect used out here in the desert by the Beccan or the the other people who live out here hmm. the journal's tone changes dramatically in the last few pages reading it it states it came in the night we didn't see it my father died first stabbed by the creature gasping poison in his veins scorpions i didn't hear the scream the other creatures overran the camp massive black carapist nightmares of the desert definitely makes me think scorpion king i fought them as i could their poison their stings coursing through my veins on the hill i saw it not scorpion not man both why would they betray us eh? he left me for dead thought i was dead he will not live to regret this another journal entry is written later i ran out of food four days ago my water yesterday i travel by night always after it i've killed its servants its thralls only it remains i don't want to sleep i hear them in my sleep if i live to find it i will kill it but i don't think the note trails off you said that you heard somebody walking around outside of the tent nope i, f- I saw footsteps like someone no. left like they ripped this hint apart from the inside and then crawled out of the hole and then they walked like three or four steps and then whoosh gone um shooting what if he's a vampire <laughs> i was thinking where scorpion i mean i don't know anything <laughs> about a vampire so i think they can turn into mist i mean maybe but it's 12 miles away it's unlikely it's going to find us if it's if this man has been turned into something dangerous although it sounds like he's hunting the the half scorpion half man creatures that are here the i don't think we need to wake anybody up but in the morning we should check it out okay you have a tent don't you shooty yes no we're not using because we're all just like sleeping in a little huddle inside a horse's little sphere yes do you have a knife better yes okay you keep watch i'm gonna sharpen some of your tent spikes just in case we need some steaks. <laughs> I mean, if it will make you feel better, I guess that's okay. It's not like the tent is going to be getting any use anyway, because okay. magic. Keep an eye out for random coffins you see in the desert. What's a coffin? It's like a sarcophagus, but wood. Oh, okay. They use it in places where they have a lot of wood. It seems like a pretty big waste to me, but hey, what do I know? I mean, that would just make it out of stone because it lasts longer. Wood that's true. Well, from what I understand, they have it out of wood and they put it inside a stone. The whole thing. That's weird. That's yeah, very weird. Anyway, pay no attention. He then like digs through your pack, pulls out your tent spikes, and starts sharpening them. Oh, uh, I suppose all the rest of you God. wake up the next morning to find you know <laughs> Sudi sitting here by the campfire and Narmer surrounded <laughs> by little slivers of wood as he's just sharpening steaks. Narmer, <laughs> do I even want to know what this is about? I'm getting what? ready for the vampire apocalypse. Vampires? What? what? Sudi holds up the journal. <laughs> So we heard a howl, I guess would be the best way to describe it, last night. Narmer went to investigate and found this journal. 
Yeah, I just flew Armor by. I went to investigate and found the journal. No, why? It wasn't that far. How far? Oh, I don't know. I lost track of time. I was flying for a while and I saw a buzzard in the distance. I went over and said hi. <laughs> it wasn't that friendly. Narmer. Uh huh. How long were you gone? One hour, 53 minutes, and 42 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Masika looks at him, crosses her arms, and then gives Sudi what can only be described as a mom glare. <laughs> <laughs> Sudi, never having had a mom, doesn't get this at all. No. <laughs> yeah, take that. That was sad. <laughs> you let him take the journal. Fly out into the desert by himself for hours. I mean, I did say I would go after him if he wasn't back in two hours. So there's that. But he's very capable. He he was very stealthy and didn't get seen by anybody. It's true. Buzzard, Even apparently. the buzzer didn't see me. No, no, he didn't see me coming. I saw him and I came over. And I said hi. Oh man, what if he turned into a buzzard? That could have been him. Narmer. Anyway, to- Narmer, from from now on, you don't leave unless you have my permission. Okay, I promise. He's going to wake you up so much. <laughs> Just, he actually <laughs> promised. He, he wakes you up the next night and he's like, Masika, I saw a rock. <laughs> it's it was, five feet out. It's five feet outside of the circle. Can I go get it? <laughs> I promise that I will not leave without your permission to go and investigate strange noises. Good. Does he actually promise? Uh, I mean, you can make a sense motive if you wish. Yeah, Surprise Masika, Rachel's not jumping on that. <laughs> Masika rolls a five for a 13. She believes him. I think Citra just doesn't care. <laughs> like, like she cares, but she's finding this kind of oddly amusing. <laughs> Hollis took the journal when this started, and I imagine, like, shoved a piece of, like, hardtack in her mouth and started reading the journal. I mean, you don't have to read it, so the... I can summarize for it. So apparently a, I'm going to say merchant, one of the, Sudi would remember the word. Your beer? Your beer? Your beer? Your beer. Okay, I was going to say your beer. There's a, hey, hey, I got it right. Your beer. So anyway, some of the, some of your with his wife, kids, his parents, seems to be having a journal of trades different things, places they've gone, things they've traded. Then it turns to some type of an attack. Um, the scorpion people, the ones with part human, part scorpion, apparently attacked them, poisoned and killed all of them except for him. And he's been after them ever since. I thought that they were not that hostile, though. I mean, I know they're not the nicest people, but... Uh... I well, thought he they said kind of had an bet- agreement. He said it betrayed him. Not a he or a she, but an it betrayed him. And he huh. killed its minions and was going after it. He said thrall. But- That's where the vampire thing came from, I imagine. There was no body. Nope. I mean, Nanra said he saw some foot. He saw some footprints and then nothing. There was a tent. And there was a bedroll. And there was some other stuff in there that didn't look all that interesting. And then the tent was ripped open, like somebody had a really bad nightmare, and also maybe claws. And then climbed out, and then there's a couple footsteps, and then it was like he was swooped away. Do you think we should go investigate this? I mean, I don't think it's a vampire, so I did some research into my uh, guide book here on Undead, and it says vampires don't howl, so there's that. You have a guide book for the Undead? 
Well, yeah. I mean, he pulls out like the appendix of, a, of his Verizon Holy Text. And he's like, see, there's, there's drawings here of a, of a skeleton and a zombie. These ones are white. I looked up the, the vampire one and it, it doesn't mention anything about them howling. So what does howl? Um, according lot, to this, not a, lot of un, not a lot of undead. Banshees. Okay. Can Hollis make any sort of knowledge check on, like, where scorpions or, like, I don't know. I mean, what specifically are you making a knowledge check on? Well, after reading the description of this attack and listening to Sudi talk about, like, scorpion people, I would like to know if there are any, like, howling scorpion things that are native to the desert. You can make a knowledge local if you wish. Okay. I'm going to roll a 9 for a 20. I mean, this sounds like the gear to Lee blue, the gear to Lee Lu, as far as the uh, giant scorpion people. Hmm. But you don't understand them howling or anything like that. Maybe it was two separate things. Then again, you also don't understand that if they sting you, that you would turn into one of them. They're just their own separate people. Well, why don't we just go look at this camp? Well, that was what I was thinking. What do you get with a knowledge religion, by the way, for all this? With a 10, which is what I rolled, I get a 26. 26? Not bad. And this was more just kind of an anecdotal thing because this mm-hmm. was brought up. Banshees are extraordinarily rare. Mm. Banshees can only be created from the spirit of a dead elven woman killed by betrayal. There's right, no other well, way to create a banshee. So, so fairly unlikely that's Wait, a banshee. Maybe his wife was an elf. You said aren't they were betrayed. I mean, aren't elves rather rare here? I mean, yeah, but not unheard of. Case in point, he like gestures over at Hollis. Oh, well, yeah, but I'm not even from here. There are elves that are from here. Everyone should take a note to definitely not betray her under any circumstances. <laughs> I'll come back as a banshee. <laughs> Actually, I prefer to come back as some sort of a ghost or something so that I can retain my spellcasting ability. You know you're not supposed to come back at all, right? <laughs> well, I don't want to come back, but if I was gonna, I'd want to retain my spellcasting abilities. Fair point. But you could anyway. have a scream that would just kill people. I could do that anyway with the right magic. Hashtag Whale of the Banshee. Wouldn't that be equivalent of having an infinite ninth level spell? Hmm, that's fair. But that'd be like, cool. you're a one trick pony at that point. Oh, you could come back as a pony. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> that's more of a reincarnation. Yeah, we'd have to find a druid. Anyway. So I think we need to go check out this camp. Yeah, exactly. But it didn't feel like waking everyone up. It didn't seem to be that critical. But we should go investigate it and just find out what's going on with these scorpion people. Hollis snaps and her little bubble disappears. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't didn't we find out at the oasis that the the scorpion people have been on edge recently? Like they've been more violent than normal. We know the cults out here as well. So the Thyri Ray also mentioned it. So maybe this is something being affected by the cult that we could fix. Maybe. I mean, maybe, but it's. The use of the word it doesn't make it seem like it's... And if he knew who betrayed know, him, why wasn't he using a proper name? Why did he just keep calling it it? Well, maybe well, they'd had some sort of agreement. Not to ever write this name down? Well, and he said thralls, which ima- I imagine is some sort of lesser being. You know, like, if the guy is a uh, Jalilu, then... Jalilu? I don't remember. That's how I say it. Jalilu? Gear tab Lilu. Then maybe the other things that were with him were like big old beetles. Either way, I think we need to go investigate these. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Would you like to know what you know about Geertelilus? Yes. Sure, yeah. Besides how to pronounce it. 
No one knows that. <laughs> wow. Uh, Girtub Lilus fiercely guard ancient places and treasures lost to history. Far from civilized eyes, they thrive and piously protect their charges with the aid of monstrously large scorpions that Girtub Lilus hey. keep as pets. All Girtub Lilus share a zeal for religion, although the objects of veneration vary from tribe to tribe. Some Girtub Lilus tribes still serve long forgotten deities, preserving the divinity's names and holy rituals. Others embrace religions derived from prehistoric worship devoted to the idea of gods that were once that once were or might have never been. So yeah, those were just giant scorpions with them, I imagine. You may ask two questions pertaining towards the gear tablilu. Uh, tactics. Uh, most of their tactic tends to involve uh, grabbing people with their pincher-like claws and stabbing them with poison. Usually okay. waiting for the poison to weaken or... Um, incapacitate them. Incapacitate their enemies. Well, that kind of lines up with what was in the journal. Mm-hmm. Do they have any um, special defenses we should know about? Nope. Hmm. Well, okay. Anyway, let's get going. I'm going to chomp on the rest of my toast and like snap my fingers and my bubble goes away and spend 10 minutes casting my chariot spell. Enter elements on Enter elements those. on everybody. <laughs> cast mage armor on myself. Masika cast Before you do all that, I imagine you spend an hour. Well, actually, you spend 10 re- minutes reading your book and then you spend an hour watching Pratt Falls with Masika and armor. Yep. Oh, well, yeah. But I suppose you gather yourselves together and head off? Yep. Toward this ripped up tent. Narmer leads the way. Nothing yep. could Woo-hoo. ever go wrong. <laughs> we'll say hi to that buzzard again. You set off into the desert. The journey doesn't take long. I mean, it takes longer than it took Narmer, but Narmer can also quadruple move indefinitely. After some time trekking through the desert, you eventually arrive at what you assume is your destination. You find the camp is over half buried at this point. The sands have blown in. If there was a fire pit, it's been buried entirely. There's just this snap, snap, snap sound of the fragments of the tent getting caught in the wind as you descend down towards the ruins of this camp. Whomever this person was, they were traveling light. Arriving, glancing inside the ruined remains of the tent, you can see a sand-strewn bedroll, a pack, what look to be three empty water skins, what seem to be some, some burlap wrappings, and pretty much nothing else. A small oil lamp sits off towards the side, but it looks like it's run out of oil some time back. His journal mentioned him being out of food and water, so I'm not sure why he wouldn't have come back here, though, for shelter. Maybe it killed him, or he killed it and gave up? I don't know. Beyond that, you can see that there's some equipment in here as well. Uh, It looks to be a set of leather armor, a bow, a few arrows. Okay, well, if he left his gear, then maybe... I don't know. I mean, there is a chance he did give up, but... Desert madness. I mean, that is a possibility. Perhaps he saw a mirage. And ripped his, and ripped his tent open? And, well, that part I can't really account for, but... Him leaving? I mean, any footprints he might have had are long gone now with the sand moving in, so we can't track him, assuming he didn't just fly off like Narmer thought. Can oh, we make it, magic. yeah, can we make any sort of checks or do anything to search this camp? Uh, detecting magic, you detect no magical ores. Mm. Uh, any of those of you wish may make a perception roll. I roll a natural 20 for a 38. Very nice. nice. Rolled a 12 for a 26. I roll a 6 for a 13. Okay. Searching the tent, searching the surrounding area, you don't find any signs of a fire pit. So he obviously wasn't camped here very long. The tent is already half collapsed, just not just from the 
damage, but it seems like it was hastily constructed um, or haphazardly constructed one of the two. The bow is still in good condition. It's a masterwork short bow, strength plus two. Cool. Gonna write it down on the treasure, but I figure we'll take this stuff and if we find him, cool. If we don't, treasure. Also, Sudi needs a bow. Sudi's not proficient. Oh. It's a martial yep. weapon. Boo. The leather armor is just common leather armor. Anyone that wishes to may make me a... Hmm, let's go with a nature check. Nope. I shall attempt. I shall roll a 17, which is awesome, for a 31. Very well. Masika rolls a 7 for a 27. Nice. Okay. So the two of you kind of, you lean down, dig through some of these cut burlap cloth. Some of them still sticky. Ew. Gross. You kind of dig through here. You find a few fragments of whatever was inside of these left over. Kind of pull it out, smell it, taste it. Ew. Uh, no. no. It seems like these were being, these were wraps keeping fresh meat. Although in this case, lack of a better term, bug meat. You find small remnants of chitin and fragments of the, it looks like probably entire chunks of meat taking from some large insect. Uh, so he was eating the dead scorpions. And that's what it seems like. I mean, you do what you can out here. Mm-hmm. They're actually pretty good. Do you eat? How would you know? You don't have to eat. No, I've just heard people talk about them. Oh, I wish I say. ate. If you ate, I don't know where it would go. No, I just wish I could taste. Everyone seems to really enjoy it. I'm sorry, Narmer. Masika pats him on the head. Oh, well. I live but, a difficult life. But we don't find anything that, like, may tell us where he went or what direction or anything like that. No. Even the tracks that have been here previously seem to have been obliterated by the sand. Lovely. All right. Well, I guess we'll keep searching for the Serenrae Temple. Um... Yeah. And keep an eye out for scorpions. Yeah, I mean, we might as well search around this area just to see if there's anything nearby because we're still looking for this temple, obviously. Yeah. And we didn't find it yesterday, so... So go ahead and uh, roll me a perception check to search for today. Does, can Armor make one, too? Yeah, I mean, the whole party can, sugar, whoever. 20. 31. Masika rolls a 1, which gets her an 8. Oh. Oh, Narmer rolls a 7 for a 22. Citra rolls an 11 for a 25. Okay. You all search the surrounding area for signs of this Temple of Serenrae, for signs of any travelers here, for signs of this person. No. After a day of searching the area, you don't see any signs of anything leading you to either this new mystery or your original destination. I imagine all of you camp for the evening. Yeah, Narmer has strict instructions. He's not to get twenty more than 25 feet away from the camp. I didn't agree to that. <laughs> I just agreed to not go and investigate strange noises. I was going to say, he, he went uh, full <laughs> Asmodean on you and uh, was very specific in his wording of his contract. <laughs> <laughs> Unless desperately necessary. Unless you specifically order me not to get more than 25 feet from the camp. Masika gives him those instructions before she goes to sleep. Okay. <laughs> Soon you hear the Take howl that. again. What direction is it coming from this time? I guess an armor hears it too. You can make too. a perception roll as well. All right. I'll take 10 for a 28. With a 28, it sounds to be coming from somewhere north of you. Hmm. It looks like whatever this thing is, it's moved north of us. You want to go wake up Masika and see if she'll approve a scouting mission? Sure. 
So if normal, I guess we'll walk into uh, the sphere in which everyone is sleeping. Mm-hmm. Lean over Masika, like barble to barble. <laughs> barble to barble. We both do have barbles. It's true. Masika. <laughs> I'm sure she's used to being waking up like this. She she cracks open one eye. No. What? No. No what? No, you can't do whatever you're about to ask me. Oh, there was a cool rock. It's 25 <laughs> feet and two inches outside of the camp. Can I make a sense motive? Is he going to actually roll off against me? Oh, also there's a horrifying shouting sound coming from north. Okay, you can get the rock, but you can't go after the howl. Okay. He then turns around like the ending credits music from The Incredible Hulk starts playing as he makes his way out of the tent. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love every second of this. Mashika said I couldn't play shooty. I'm sorry. Well, if that's what she said, then I guess we'll have to try to track it in the morning. But I have a feeling we're not going to be able to track it unless we track it at night because it didn't make a single howl while we were traveling today. Uh Uh-huh. He waddles past you and goes and gets a rock. <laughs> she did tell me I could Shooty get this rock. knows enough to not even ask. I have an idea, Shooty. Okay, go ahead. So I can't leave the camp, which I think is defined by the campfire. No, I'm not moving the campfire. I'm not taking. I'm not letting you take the campfire with you to go and circumvent the rules. Oh. This is the trouble with a lawful neutral l- monk over here. <laughs> He, he understands the spirit of what Masika's trying to say, so he's going he's gonna to enforce that. So I suppose all of you do your best to uh, rest for the evening. Masika has to sleep for an additional two hours because Narmer interrupts her again later on to ask for another rock. Uh, <laughs> and you must get eight hours of uninterrupted sleep to be able to... No, you're not an arcane spellcaster. You don't need eight hours of uninterrupted sleep. It's true. But it's so <laughs> hilarious to think that her sleep is being interrupted because she put rules on Narmer. Okay, Narmer... Uh-huh. We have a new rule for night. Okay. You can't leave Sudi or Citra's line of vision, but you don't have to wake me up unless you're going to leave their line of sight. Okay. I suppose you then prepare. He walks over to Sudi. Sudi, she says that tomorrow, if there is another howl, we can go together. <laughs> oh. I'd like to make an intelligence roll to see if Sudi can figure out that he really should ask Miss Sika for clarification of that rule. That's up to you. I'm rolling it. Here we go. I rolled a 10. I rolled a 10 for a 10. Is that good enough for me to be smart enough to be like, I should ask Miss Sika about that because Narmer has a way with words. He is a manipulative little catfish. Okay. Is is Citra by any chance just like listening to this while everything's getting ready? I think your perception's high enough. I think Hollis is the only one unaware of anything going on around her. <laughs> Hollis is, is studying and yeah. is like, sure. whatever. Sugar is probably somewhere nearby listening <laughs> yeah. to all of this. Because I rolled oh, a 16 for, sure. for a 30. Okay. <laughs> yep. Citra, we could go too. So do I, do I know he's lying? It's not lying. It's omitting parts of... The, it's omitting the uh, the intent of the rule. <laughs> really? She said that you could go with one of us. Yeah. What? Specifically, as long as I don't leave your line of sight. Uh-huh. What, what was the wording exactly of your question and her answer? 
I didn't ask her a question. She just got tired of me waking her up. So she said, as long as I'm which one of you, it's okay that I do whatever I want. Somehow I seriously doubt that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, Narmer, as as helpful as you were, Uh you do realize how much danger you could have been in. Potentially. Exactly. Although also, unlike any of you, I heal myself. Yes, but what if you can't? I'm highly resistant to damage. (laughs) I'm far stealthier than any of the rest of you. I never tire. I'm actually faster than any of you. But can you honestly say that you've never been hurt? I've been hurt, but I actually can't feel pain. Yes, but that's almost even more dangerous because then you don't know how badly you're hurt. It's true, but I could fly away from anything that threatened me. Not if you're too badly hurt. Or if it flies after you. Or put you in a sack. I'm faster and hardier and more resistant. Actually, I don't know why I'm following any of you. <laughs> Why am I not the main hero? <laughs> anyway. So anyway, I guess we're going to head north today. <laughs> yeah. to, to get us back on track, we're going to head north to the next area and try to find this howling doodad. And yeah. Cindy's going to share his theory that we need to like stalk it at night. Hollis makes a mental note to have Sugar stay up to listen for it because Sugar has knowledge nature and can know what it is and determine if it's worth waking Hollis up for. Oh, you're going to make me have a very long night. I'm sorry, honey, but you can nap during the day. Mm. I I can't contribute to that, but (laughs) Hollis has a point. The things I do. (laughs) That's why we love you. Well, Narver made that really high nature check. He knew it wasn't a normal animal. Yeah, but Hollis has, or sorry, Sugar has all the knowledges, so Mm. she can roll on anything. Knowledge everything. I suppose then all of you set off. Yeah, go ahead and give me another perception check as you make your way north, continuing to search. Oh. Sugar aids me. I roll a six. And I get an eight. <laughs> I roll a 16 for, what is that, 34? I, I roll a four for an 11, and then Narmer also rolls a four for a 19. I also I rolled a four for an 18. Oh, oh. <laughs> so you spend most of the following day searching, exploring, trekking your way further and further north across the desert, protected by your endure elements, streaming across the desert on the back of super fast camels and a tireless chariot. You get through most of the day before you find anything of interest. What you do find of interest is curious. A number of buzzards circle over a horse-sized scorpion. Dead. Seemingly impelled by what looked to be a number of shafts of white as you begin to approach it. The buzzards scatter as Narmer makes his way forward and flaps his arms towards them. Manticore. Detect magic. There's no magic. Masika will make her way forward to make a heal check. Inspect the white spikes. Is it just a scorpion or is it a scorpion centaur thing? No, it's just a scorpion. Seemingly out here minding its own business. A gear to leap blue. Anyone that wishes to inspect the body may make a heal check. Anyone that wishes to uh, inspect the Spikes, for lack of a better term, may make a an appraise check if they so wish. The seeker right. rolls a seventeen for a thirty-two on her heel check. I rolled a nineteen on my appraise check for a thirty. Sudi can't contribute to this conversation, but he watches yeah. the horizon. Sudi tried to roll an appraise a piece off to give to Sugar because Sugar's I only hungry, rolled an probably an eleven though and got a seventeen. With the heel check, you notice two things of interest. Uh, first off, this scorpion died of being stabbed to death. 
Oh, wow. Interesting. Shocking. <laughs> Perhaps more curious than that, though, uh, all of the injuries were from above. Some of them directly above. Manticore. Mm. Oh, so Manticore does make sense. These giant spikes impaled it from above. So whatever it is definitely flies. All right. With your appraise check, Hollis, you pull one of these shafts out, probably with Sudi's help. Mm. They're about three feet in over length. They're not quills. Not a manticore. They're bone. As if someone had taken a three foot length of bone and judging by the, the notch at the end, literally turned them into arrows. Giants? Anyone that wishes to may make a knowledge religion. Nope. Okay, Hollis rolls a five for a 21, and Sugar rolls worse, so that's I roll a three for an eight, so Sudi goes to his appendix and starts (laughs) looking at undead. I roll a one for a 12. (laughs) Citra doesn't have religion. (laughs) Mm. Oh boy, we're going to be surprised. But then Narma rolls a perfect 20 for a 22. (laughs) All right, we got a 21 and a 22. All right, there's a chance. Hollis... You hold this arrow, look down at this body, contemplate everything you've heard up until this point. You think it's a baycock. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, wow. When hunters become utterly obsessed with the chase and indulge excessively in the savagery of the kill, their souls can become progressively tainted. When such remorseless hunters perish before they can capture or kill their quarry, (gasps) they sometimes rise from the dead as baycocks. Flying in dead horrors that can kill purely for the ecstasy that only murder can bring them. Unlike many undead who feed on the feed on and hate all living things, a baycock seeks always to prove its mastery of the hunt. Though thoroughly wicked, baycocks often ignore all but the most powerful looking foe in a group, only picking off lesser creatures if they dare to get between the baycock and its true prey. When it finally well. lays low its quarry, the baycock swoops down on the victim to devour the creature's soul, an attempt to make sure that the creature never returns to seek revenge. Welp. Bad news, y'all. I think Air 2 died. Uh, worse news, I think he's a baycock, which is like an undead hunter that stalks prey for all of eternity because they've been obsessed with hunting. Well, that fits after reading his journal. Mm-hmm. So he died, turned into one of these things, and I'm guessing they can fly? Mm-hmm. All you're aware okay. of them is that they can fly. They possess some sort of horrifying howl. Oh, they have a howl. They can oh, form yeah. arrows out of bone. So wow. that, that feats. So he's either still, it looks like he's still hunting these scorpion things, but the problem is they, uh, their whole deal is that they really just want to show their prowess in hunting. They go after the like haughtiest, scariest looking things they come after, uh, which is us. Well, he may still be hunting whatever it was that killed his family and betrayed him. It's true, but... He's going to remember that he wants to kill that specific thing, but also he's mostly just... His whole being is powered by the need to hunt and uh, the what that he's hunting will never satisfy him. So even if he does kill the guy, that ain't going to mean he stops being a baycock. Oh, that's unfortunate. Mm. Well, then we're going to have to find him and put him down because I can't have Mm -hmm. something like that hunting my tribe. Or us. True. The problem is we don't know where he's headed, so we can't, you know... Well, we know what him. he's after. Well, we know what he's after. I know, but there's no guarantee that there's any more of these giant scorpions anywhere near here. Well, he's looking for their master. And if that riddle that uh, Tadasura told us anything, there's probably more of them, uh, Jeritab Lilu, 
wherever we're kind of heading, so we'll probably cross paths. Sounds likely. Well, I suppose we should continue on. Mm. I guess we'll find a place to camp that's not near that undead scorpion thing. Yeah, or the dead scorpion. <laughs> yeah, don't need to actually on the plus side I'm here for certain that uh, it is not undead because uh, more likely than not, its souls been devoured. <laughs> oh, also, yeah, it oh. eats the souls of its victims. Oh, that's that's terrible. It's pretty bad. Unfortunately, Hollis, while you have this general information pertaining towards it, yeah, you don't have any specific information. But I can fly, so we may want to prepare ourselves for flying in the morning. Masika. At camp, Masika will sit Narmer down. Look, Narmer. Masika, I wanted to talk to you. Uh Uh-huh. I may have been wrong. Yeah. Sometimes I become overly certain of my abilities. But then Horace was talking about that thing, and I went, oh, crap. It's another flying thing that never tires. We could be locked in a race around the world forever. Narmer, I I know you want to help, but this thing is dangerous. And if you get broken, like completely broken, I don't know if I can fix you and you still be you. That's true. That also be lost in the desert. And, and what? Also, unlike him, I'd have to stop to wind myself. Yeah, and what would happen if I lost you, Narmer? You lose the source of all of your magical powers and basically just... That's not what I was getting at. I don't know what else you do other than being magical. You're a good hunter. Thank you. I I, I was more getting at that I would have lost my best friend, but, you know, magic too, I guess. (laughs) Aw. So please be careful. I also have to think about Shooty. Why do you have to think about Sudi? You'd be so lonely without me. <laughs> we, okay. we know that Narmer's best friend is actually Sudi, not Masika <laughs> anymore, apparently. Oh no, Masika, you're my best friend. But I think I might be, Nar- I think it might be Sudi's best friend. I'm you not think sure. You're s- okay. I'm sure Sudi cares about you. Sudi and Narmer are best buds as the only guy, like, identify as males in this party. Sudi's <laughs> real best he's my friend, best guy friend is Sagira. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. As soon as he finds out about the genie thing, they may not be best friends anymore. <laughs> that was unintentional. No, it was totally unintentional. So, Sudi so, is very forgiving in that way. She will leave Sudi a note that I guess Falto will find. So, Narmer. I mean, for, for the most part, it's, I just I have to make sure that I stay alive for Sudi, too. Okay. Because eventually he's going to be immortal, and I'm immortal, and we'll be the only ones left. <laughs> Narmer, just please be careful. Okay. Thank you. She pats him on the head. There's a rock. It's 26 feet outside of the camp. But I don't see I don't see Shooty or Citra, so I'm out of their line of sight. You can go get the rock, Narmer. Okay, there's so many complicated <laughs> rules. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I suppose you sleep for the evening. Sudi. hey You don't hear any howls this evening. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That either means it didn't find any prey or it now is stalking us. Oh, I did have Sugar stay awake, so I guess Sugar is sitting next to you. She can't talk to you, though. This is really droll. Okay. You can't understand me. (laughs) (laughs) You you know I can't understand you, right? Yeah, it's like talking to a wall. (laughs) It would just be like you're talking to a wall. (laughs) She can understand you. (sighs) You should try some meditation. Here, come sit next to me and try to think about nothing. I don't want to get involved in your and Nama's bizarre rock game. (laughs) (laughs) Just try to clear your mind and maybe at first start with just thinking of a single phrase. 
I'm gonna find a small like, rock myself. She shuffles up to her feet. I need to swallow them occasionally to storm in my gizzard. <laughs> okay, I guess you don't understand. It's a chicken thing. I have to help with my digestion. She then wanders off to go find a rock. <laughs> you really should have designed some kind of communication system to where she could, like, I don't know, peck something in the sand for yes or no. You should really learn some magic <laughs> to solve all these problems. It's so rude that I can't respond to her because I want to be like, hey, I've got innate magic. It just doesn't help me talk to chickens. <laughs> she could write if she wanted to. Well, Narver sees her going after a rock and then it's all over. Shooty, <laughs> shooty, I don't like her being awake. She's taking all my rocks. <laughs> Narver, I hate to tell you we're in a desert. There's enough rocks for everyone. Okay, but just keep, everything. An, keep your eye on me. I got to go after her. And I can't leave the camp unless you're watching me. In the jar with you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Sudi will keep an eye on armor. And Sugar, I guess. Sugar's not going to wander off. It does She's make the chicken. watch more interesting, I guess, because there's <laughs> something to look at besides just the blowing sands. Every once in a while, there's just this chicken flapping her wings, furiously balking. There's sand everywhere. I miss the nice feather pillows. Why couldn't we just gone back north with Mom and Afra? She knew how to properly treat a guest. <laughs> it had so much comfort. What I'm understanding is Hollis gets an earful in the morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Probably gets an earful every day, every night. Yeah, it's Hollis's whole... You haven't looked inside... I imagine that inside of the familiar satchel is like, you know, Genie's lamp from My Dream of Genie, where it's like full of cushions and... Oh, like, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just full of little, like, straw pillows. I'm always using prestidigitation to keep the sand out of it. It's like a whole thing. Hollis, you wake up to sugar sticking her head inside of the, your little sphere. Ka 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 it's sunrise. I would like to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. I was awake all night. Nothing happened. I just walked a little tin man, walk around and collect rocks. And soon he just sat there like a lump. <laughs> I'm Talking sorry, about meditation and teaching me patience. <laughs> I don't have time for patience. Hollis opens her satchel and is like, here you go. You can go to bed. She just hops in, pulls a little like mask over her face. <laughs> I press to digitize to get the sand off of her. Uh, I brush her little feathers. I think I'm going to need a whole new carrier whenever I get back. I'll get you the nicest we'll carrier the there ever was. All right. We'll never get the sand out of this. It'll be like a bag of holding, but a carrier, so it's big on the inside, like a little palace for you. Yeah, get one of those magical familiar pockets. Mm. They're really comfortable. All right, all right. At least that's what I heard from my fellow avian familiars. Well, we'll test them out and we'll see. I can't wait till we get back to the temple so I can have some intelligent conversations again. Mm. It's mm. just us out here. You don't have your brawn around anymore to make you, you at least have some eye candy. I know. At least I would know I'm coming home to a dead lizard. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. He was a mighty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> He's still out there somewhere, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I suppose then where are then you headed? North. I guess let's just keep making a circle. Yeah, because I would build a temple near some water, you know? So, like, yeah, that makes so sense. I guess let's go, what is. We'll go in a zigzag. Go pattern. to the northeast. Uh -huh. Northeast? All right, you keep circling. Yep. So, yeah, go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Uh, I'll take 10 for a 28. Hey, Sugar helps me. I roll a 19. I get a 21. Masika rolls a 30. Oh, wait, three. no, Sugar's asleep. 
Shira's Miss, asleep. I get a 19. Masika rolls a 3 for a 10. Narma I'm not helping a, you. Narma rolls a 10 for a 25. I roll okay. a 15 for a 29. You set off. You make your way north and east. Continue your exploration. You make your way between the various blasted dunes. Every once in a while, you find rock formations rising up out of the desert. Usually not too large. Spend some time searching there. Other than finding the occasional wild animal or oversized insect. Uh, nothing really to concern yourself about. Clump of cacti. Until that is that you crest a rise. Ahead you see a larger rock formation. Larger than many that you've seen up until this point. Strangely, it seems to rise up like a pinnacle. A single spire of stone stretching up towards the heavens. And as you reach the top of this, it's close to noon at this point. So you're already getting close to the point where you're planning on stopping. Your eye is drawn down, however, to the base of the spire. Here you see the facade of a once grand temple, which extends from a rocky slope amongst the dunes. Slender golden columns a cupola of the, and the cupola of the temple suggest the image of an elegant gilded cage. Patches of bare rock show through where gold leaf was once and is now flaked away, and cracked steps lead up to the temple itself, worn for the passage of countless feet, denoting the temple's sheer age. Curiously, the sand has crept up along the sides of the temple, but the steps are clear. Oh. So it's either magic or somebody's been here. Maybe that Baycock. I don't think they'd be so neat. Anyone who has engineering may roll it. Oh, that's me. Misty Curl's a three for a 25. I got a five for a 16. I roll a three for a 14. Masika, there's one thing that you can easily tell with this. This is not Osiriani architecture. It's something Eastern. Well, it's Kadirin, so... I guess we approach the temple. You all make your way down. Begin to approach the temple itself. The temple sits quiet. As you approach closer towards it, the surrounding stone creates a windbreak of sorts, shielding you from the constant blowing sand. As the sun reaches its zenith, you can tell that there are numerous stone statues arrayed around the outside, each one of them seemingly of this tall woman, strong, muscled, blade in hand, wings stretched about her, and a visage that is one part kind and one part stern. Each of these statues are facing inwards, a grand total of six of them surrounding the outside of this temple. As you approach closer, however, and the sun reaches its apex, Masika, you note probably the first to note, that the pinnacle and these statues form a natural sundial. It's a giant sundial. That makes sense. As you begin to make your way up towards the temple steps, they rise up steadily upwards. You can see that there were once religious glyphs, carvings. Anyone that wishes may make me a knowledge religion. Ooh, nat 20. That's a great way to spend it, I guess. Uh, 36. Uh, 13 for an 18. Around 11 for a 22. Hollis, as you look these over, you've been to numerous architectural sites. First, you can tell that many of these symbols, all of you can determine this, that many of these symbols denote this as being a place of worship to the goddess Serenre, the dawnflower goddess of the sun, healing as well as redemption, as well as being a god oftentimes of war. The small glyphs carved into the pillars indicating the temple's indicate that the temple's residents have deconsecrated the temple. Uh, seemingly him. in a formal ceremony. You don't think that this was intentionally deconsecrated 
as a form of punishment for the temple, but so much as probably as part of moving to another holy site. Mm. In essence, they packed up their bags here. As such, in such a ceremony, the temple relics would have been removed, along with any items of value that could have been used at the new site. They simply left the structure. All right. As you begin to reach the steps and ascend upwards, at the top of the steps, you can see a wide door leading into the structure proper. Again, there are so many windows in this place you imagine to let in the sunlight that you can kind of tell that there's probably still a fair amount of light within. However, as you reach the base of the steps, a figure steps out of the temple itself. Uh-oh. He appears to be a man, Osiriani. He wears white robes, a white head wrap. His beard, the older man's beard, has gone to white itself, trailing along his jawline with only faint hints of a mustache. His features are aged, his expression inquisitive as he looks down. The man is unarmed, wearing a simple white robe. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. The man steps out onto the stairs, meeting you about halfway up unless you stop. I think we should Um, keep a safe distance. So we weren't really expecting anybody to be here. Um, I'm Masika and this is Narmer. Interesting. Uh, What these? A little clockwork machine. Um, You're travelers. Are you lost? Uh, no, we were we were actually um, hoping we could find some some clues here to get us to our next uh, uh, destination. We're uh, looking for I don't I don't know how much information you get out here, but there there's a cult that's been causing a lot of trouble, and we're trying to track them down. I'd like to sense his motive when she says the word cult. Yes, me as well. <laughs> yeah, you may. <laughs> oh crap! I roll a ten for a twenty. I roll a 19 for a 26. Roll an 8 for a 22. Almost recognition when you mention the cult, although it doesn't seem to be worried or concerned. So uh, hmm. you you wouldn't happen to know where the, the Sightless Sphinx is, would you? The Sightless Sphinx. I've heard of it, but it isn't my interest. Um, do you live here? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I haven't had guests in some time. I am Zaid, Zaid Fad. I am a, a studier of antiquity, if you will. Does that name ring a bell? No, it doesn't. Well, Zaid, do you mind if we come on in? Because it's hot out here. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't completely understand. You're searching for this sightless sphinx. Are you archaeologists or I, 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 she is. I am. We're oh. looking for the cults. I, I just said that. Hollis is not sure we should be telling this guy these things. It's better than saying, hey, we're looking for all the things to do with our mask. So, you know, what exactly are you looking for? Looking? No, I'm studying. What are you studying? I have a particular interest in old temples and faiths. What for? My own edification, sharing knowledge with the well-educated and intelligent you wouldn't understand. Well, that's um, a bit rude. Hollis is like, what? Dang, throwing shade. You don't even know us, man. Masika I mean, raised, it's true for a lot of us, but still. Masika raises an eyebrow and one of her barbels kind of twitches. Um, 
Yeah, okay, so we're going to look for what we need here, if you'll, ex- you know, excuse us. She starts to try to move around him on the oh, stairs. I, I cannot possibly allow that. I have claimed this site when I'm done. It should take me more than another month or so. You may dig oh, through. No, but- no, 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 no. See, this is out in the middle of the desert. You don't get to claim anything. It's, it's, it's the desert. Mm-hmm. And we just need to take a quick look around. Maybe we can help each other. We're also not interested in scooping your find here. If you want to study old Serenrayan things from like centuries ago, that's fine. But that is not what we're here for. Therefore, you don't have any competing minds against whatever you plan to publish about this place. We will be very respectful of the runes and try not to touch anything. Well, there shouldn't be anything here anyway. They deconsecrated the place. I have thoroughly gone through the the temple here. What are you looking for? Perhaps perhaps I can provide you some information. Just saying we should not trust this guy. Should not trust him. <laughs> oh no, he's definitely being shady. He's up to some I stuff. do want to sense motive on him because he's being shady AF right now. Yeah. Mm. I rolled a nat one for a 15. <laughs> Hollis rolls a 13 for a 23 to be like, why is this guy being so weird about letting us in? Also, how is he out here by himself with no one? I was going to say, did we see any, like, yeah. I don't know, pack camels, supplies, No, anything? you've seen nothing. Is he's he a, a ghost? Maybe he's just a wizard that teleported himself out here and, you know, has great food and water and all that stuff, just like we do. Maybe. Maybe. You don't get the feeling that he's necessarily hiding something. Uh, however, your implication of just barging in does seem to anger him to the point that he seems to almost feel this, you guess, this claim that he has on this place. I'm afraid we must insist on viewing the site. Um, Lives are at stake. I understand that you are probably in a rush to find these this cult, as you were saying. Yes. However, I cannot allow you to simply trump in, knocking into walls and tracking sand all over my find. Okay, first off, uh, my tribe has known about the existence of this place for a long time, so it's not your find. Second off, we need to find this cult. They're killing people. Is and there we don't some have sort of arrangement we can make then? This is a matter of great importance. Life and literal death. I have already searched this site and would be happy to share my notes. My eye is far keener than yours and my intellect far okay, greater. You're being rude about that. Just so you know, we have one of the smartest people I've ever met in this group. Well, that probably is not saying much. You're not the only archaeologist, thanks. Let me simply state, this site is mine. I have no intention on resorting to something as crass as violence. Okay, then, uh, excuse me. Masika starts to climb the stairs again. I have the patience of a mountain. However, I have the burning ferocity of the sun itself if pushed. Oh, no, he's not human. Well, yeah, I'm like, he's not human. Is he something else? Yeah. If you wish to resort to violence, I will not be the one bleeding out on the sand. Step down, child. I asked you where you studied. I have spoken with minds beyond your comprehension. So you've met Ted Asura. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I imagine Sudi chuckles a little bit at that. All right, so this guy's obviously not human. I don't know what we want to do with him, but currently he is in our way. I don't trust his reads on anything because anyone that proclaims their intelligence like this usually isn't that smart. 
All right, all right. Let's everyone calm down. Look, we have a legitimate archaeologist with us. Would you perhaps allow her and maybe one of us to accompany inside and get information we need? Again, we have no desire to take your find from you. We just need information so that we can move on. The man eyes down towards you. I will allow the party to make a perception roll, and I'll allow Citra to make a diplomacy check. I roll a four. (laughs) I roll a natural one for a 19 on my perception check. Masika rolls a 10 for a 17. Narma rolls a 14 for a 19, or for a 29 on on his perception. I rolled an 18 for a 32 diplomacy. Okay. Citra, you step forward up a couple steps, looking up towards him. He seems to calm slightly at your words. Narmer tugs on Masika's pant leg. Masika. What is it? Uh-huh. He's not human. Mm-hmm. I saw his eyes. There's something wrong with his eyes. Mm-hmm. The man stands there. Perhaps we can come to an agreement. That is all we want. I would allow you to search this site with my supervision. I would require a favor in exchange. Two, in fact. What are these favors? First, I would be curious to look at your little machine man. Oh, no, 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 no. Not touch. Just look. Secondly, there is an item of great importance to me I have lost recently. I would have you retrieve it. What item? And where is it? My crown. Um, seriously? This guy's got a crown? Your crown? One of them. Wait, why do you have a crown? Are you a king? Pharaoh, ruler of royalty, yes. Royalty nobody's heard of. Hollis, as you say this, his eyes dart back towards you again. Uh, Citra, I'll let you make another diplomacy check with a minus four penalty. (laughs) Sorry. He's up to something bad. But nobody's heard of him, so he is like, that is a thing. I only got a 24 that time. Hollis, just because we particularly have not heard of him does not mean that he is not known in other places. Mm-hmm. Hollis doubts. <laughs> Hit that X button, doubts. Doubt. <laughs> the man's form shifts oh, like a here mirage. We oh, here we go. A second later, the form is gone. In its place is what looks to be a snake-like being 18, 20 feet in length. Wowzers. Big its head sprouts man? into five different necks, each oh, with a separate Hydra. head atop it. Are you kidding each me? Each of these heads with a human face as they stare down towards oh. you and oh, speak that's not in a Hydra. unison. <laughs> you insolent children. Nah. I am a being beyond your age and understanding. I am among the most noble of my Most noble is grammatically incorrect. Oh! I will need initiative from the party <laughs> next time. Jess is intelligent. She cannot let it stand. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.